This is the Tao of Christ, and I am Marshall Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. Others call it non-dual awareness, liberation, enlightenment, or spiritual awakening. It is the heart of all spiritual traditions. This is the Tao of Christ. Good morning, this is Marshall Davis. Jesus proclaimed the kingdom of God, which is his term for the awareness of the presence of the divine. You could say his message was the omnipresence of God, but not as a doctrine to be believed, but as a reality to be experienced. That was the gospel of Jesus, but that's not the gospel historically proclaimed by the Christian church. When one looks for evidence of this message throughout church history, it is difficult to find. One only spots glimpses of it sticking up like flowers growing between the cracks and the sidewalk. It's rare in church history, but one does see it. One sees it in the desert fathers and mothers who retreated into the desert when the church became overly hostile to this message. One sees it in Christian mystics like Meister Eckhart in Julian of Norwich and the anonymous author of The Cloud of Unknowing. One sees it in monks like Brother Lawrence and Thomas Merton. Early in church history, one sees it in the manuscripts of the Nag Hammadi Library. These are ancient Christian texts from the first three centuries that proclaimed Jesus' message of the awareness of the kingdom of God. But these texts were banned in order to be destroyed by the church. Fortunately, some Christian communities disobeyed and they buried them, and these manuscripts were hidden in caves and recovered in the 20th century. This library includes books like the Gospel of Thomas, which is as ancient and authentic as any gospel in the New Testament, and is much more reflective of the actual teachings of Jesus of Nazareth. These texts show that Christianity could have been a movement that preached and lived the first-hand direct awareness of the presence of God. Instead, it became a religion of doctrines, a legalistic and hierarchical institution that replaced experience with dogma and replaced direct awareness of God with faith and the authority of the church. The gospel of the historical Jesus quickly became a gospel about the Christ of faith, invented by men who did not know Jesus, did not hear Jesus preach, it did not experience or understand what Jesus was talking about. Christianity lost its way. How did this happen? Now, some think this happened with the rise of Roman Catholicism and especially the conversion of the Roman Emperor Constantine and the establishment of Christianity as the official religion of the Roman Empire. Some cite later developments, like the Protestant Reformation or Calvinism or Rationalism or even Fundamentalism. 
I see the problem beginning much earlier in the history of Christianity. It began before the New Testament was canonized. I place the blame for this on the earliest Christian leaders in the first century. Very soon after the lifetime of Jesus, the leadership of the early Christian community fell to two men, neither of whom were among the original twelve apostles. That's where the problem began. These two men were James, the brother of Jesus, and Paul. James, the brother of Jesus, quickly rose to the head of the Jerusalem church and therefore the de facto head of the earliest Christian movement. The family of Jesus seemed to be more important than the teachings of Jesus for this Jerusalem Christian community. In the departure of Jesus, the Jerusalem church made Jesus' little brother its leader. James was a man who did not believe in Jesus or follow Jesus during Jesus' lifetime. In fact, he considered Jesus out of his mind, according to one gospel story. Yet this is the man who took the reins of the early Christian movement. The second man is even more important in the history of Christianity. He's Saul of Tarsus, better known as the Apostle Paul. Paul founded the religion that we now recognize as Christianity. Ironically, Christ is not the founder of the faith that bears his name. Paul was a Pharisee and an opponent of the early church, but he had a dramatic conversion on the road to Damascus and he soon became its most famous spokesman. Paul never met the historical Jesus, nor heard him teach. From his epistles it's clear that he was unfamiliar with what Jesus taught. He never quotes Jesus in any of his letters, except for his words at the Last Supper. In the Acts of the Apostle, Paul is said to quote an unknown maxim of Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. But that's not found anywhere else in the New Testament. It's not found in the Gospels. And that's the extent of Paul's knowledge of Jesus' teachings. In fact, in his letters to the Galatians, he brags about he brags about the fact he did not receive this from anyone who heard Jesus talk. He did not receive it from the apostles. And yet Paul's gospel, not Jesus' message, became the core of Christianity. In many ways, Paul was a religious genius, at least as far as church growth is concerned. He took Christianity from being a tiny Jewish sect to becoming a world religion. He did this by opening the faith up to Gentiles and distancing it from Jewish law and rites and practices. Now what about the Apostle Peter? Didn't Jesus appoint him as head of the church? Upon this, you are Peter and on this rock I'll build my church. Yes, Peter was an important apostle, one of Jesus' inner circle. But Peter did not have much influence on the direction of Christianity. The one exception is a scene in the book of Acts that takes place in the house of the Roman centurion Cornelius. Peter witnesses the Holy Spirit coming upon and filling this Gentile household and Peter baptized him and his whole household. So according to the book of Acts, Peter had a role in opening up the church to non-Jews. Although one wonders how much this story is really Pauline propaganda. 
rather than history because it is written by Luke, the author of Acts and the Gospel of Luke, and Luke was a disciple of Paul. In either case, Paul himself says in Galatians that later on Peter backtracked from that position. Peter could not decide if he agreed with James, who was against allowing the Gentiles in, or, or Paul. Even after that vision that he apparently had, according to the book of Acts. So Peter was not much of a leader. The Roman Catholic Church claims Peter as the first bishop of Rome, and therefore the first pope, but that's his sole claim to fame in church history. Peter was an important early apostle, but Paul was the star of the show. Pauline Christianity became the dominant form of Christianity, as is evident by how many of his writings were eventually included in the New Testament, more than any other writer. And when you include the pseudo-Pauline writings, especially the pastoral epistles, we see how patriarchal authoritarianism took hold of the church and women were sidelined from leadership roles and church hierarchy, doctrines and laws became all important. Now, some people think I'm too hard on Paul. And Paul was not all bad. As I said, he was a religious genius in a lot of ways. And he also had a mystical side to him. We see that not only in the Acts of the Apostles, but in his own epistles. Portions of his writings are the most beautiful in the New Testament. But when you read it as a whole, you see that he could never overcome his inner Pharisee that he had been trained to be. And he struggled with that all of his life. And we see that struggle in his epistles. As a result, his letters are a mixture of spiritual insight and also obsession with law and a transactional understanding of salvation, which became the dominant note of Christianity. Christianity lost its way, not only because of the Apostle Paul's writings, but because of the four Gospels that were eventually included in the Bible. They were not written by disciples of Jesus, as any credible New Testament scholar will tell you. Two of them, Mark and, and Luke, don't even pretend to be written by apostles. They were traditionally written by disciples of Paul. The Gospel of Matthew was written by an anonymous Jewish Christian from the Jerusalem community. John's Gospel is the only one with any credible connection to an apostle. But even this Gospel admits at the end of the Gospel that the Apostle John was not the author. And yet these are the works that made it into the Bible. In other Gospels, in other epistles, in other writings that, that did not adhere to the Pauline Gospel were excluded for that very reason. In this way, Christianity distanced itself from the teachings of Jesus and lost its way. And this all happened in the first 300 years of church history. When the dust settled, so-called orthodox Christianity that emerged bore no resemblance to the example and the teachings of the carpenter of Nazareth. The history of Christianity since the fourth century has been a repetition and expansion of these mistakes 
of the early centuries. Now, what can be done about this in the 21st century? Well, many people have abandoned Christianity as hopelessly dualistic and legalistic and hierarchical and dogmatic, and they have left the church. I haven't. I remain in the Christian church, despite its shortcomings, and I encourage Christians to work within the church and find Christ there. There are good people in churches who are seeking to follow Jesus. And all they need is to rediscover the message of Jesus. And we can do that. Fortunately, Jesus' message can still be found in the canonical Gospels in the New Testament. Little over a hundred years ago, Bible publishers began to print what are called red-letter editions of the New Testament. These are Bibles that print the words of Jesus in red to distinguish them from the surrounding narrative. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the message of Jesus, is found in these red letters. This is the pearl great price in the Bible. This is the treasure buried in the field of Scripture. Now, scholars debate whether all these red letters, these red words that are attributed to Jesus, were actually said by Jesus, but the average reader doesn't have to worry about that, at least not to start. It's interesting to get into later on. So, the original Don Duo message of the Kingdom of God proclaimed by Jesus can still be found in the scriptures of the church. And these scriptures, these gospels, are still read in worship in the church. And his words, his gospels, are still studied in Bible study and preached about. That's why I remain in the church. And when I have the opportunity to preach in church, I preach the original message of Jesus. Now, I have no illusions that the church as a whole is going to change. But some people in the church will hear and be changed. And that is why I stay in the church and why I call myself a Christian. Because of Jesus Christ and his message. And that is it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ.